The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Blowing out of the backfield, exploding down the sideline. This is Hanging with the Boys, presented by Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Now, your hosts, Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, Jesse Holly, and Shannon Gross. Yo, 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 it's Monday, and that can mean only one thing, actually two things, well, several things. It's the day after Sunday, it's the day before Tuesday, and it's time for Hanging with the Boys with my guys, Kurt Daniels, Nate Newton, Jesse Holly, as usual, is running late. We've all. <laughs> I, am ro- I am rocking my uh, my green Dallas Cowboys decap, and I have my quarantine and victory green shirt supporting my friends over uh, the stars. Shout out to uh, Smith greened out there for hooking me up with uh, this beautiful shirt. So, fellas, how are we doing this Monday? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't feel like a Monday. It feels like, you know, whatever day and 11th of uh, whatever. All the days running together. They are. Nate, That's are so good to see your smiling faces, though. Thank you. Thank you. Nate, are you there? You're being very quiet. What's... <laughs> well, can you, you know, me? I... I can hear you, brother. I just can't see you, but I feel you, Shannon. I'm excited. You know, uh, but it's just getting harder and harder to just to keep functioning, man. When I can't go out and see my cowboys, man. When I just can't go into our little meetings and look out the window in that big old uh, 100-foot mirror uh, window and look out and see them cowboys running out there getting prepared, seeing the rookies getting worked and slave-driven. Uh, I'm missing that, man. It's that time of year where we just look out the windows, man, and all we see is cowboys working, man. Wow. That's a good. That's a good point. Right now, OTAs would be going on. All the rookies yep. would have already been in the building. What, Nate? What's your opinion? You know, having been through OTAs and knowing how that, how the how the league is set up to slowly ramp you up to hit peak performance and, and be in physical condition when you start the season. And, and you know, it's it's. It's a tested formula where they've tweaked it a lot, and it seems to, you know, it starts with voluntary voluntary activities, and then OTAs, and then mini camps, and then and then training camp, and preseason, and season. With this being pushed back, what kind of impact do you think that's going to have on, on players, and especially the young guys? More importantly, what it'll do uh, a negative for the young guys is it won't allow them to physically do the assignments. You know, you can you can virtual scheme everything. You can have little arrows going, you can have everybody, this is what you do, this is how you break out of this route. And you can show everybody on you know through the through the uh through your computer or whatever you're using. But to get out there and physically do it and to get tired and do it again so you can have muscle memory, so you can fight through the fatigue and be crisp at what you're doing and be fresh at what you're doing. So when the season kind like I say you you're ramping up. And by these guys, like some guys, uh, 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 they can see things and they can, and they can do it. Like Mark Stepnoski, you know, he can come to practice and watch film 
and be ready for a game. Whereas Nate had to get out there and actually do it to feel to feel really confident. Now, I had games where I, I couldn't practice. Then I played in the game, but I wasn't as confident as when I went out on the field and actually walked through it and went through the, the proper uh, procedures to get myself amped up in the mind and ready to play. So that's what they meant, that physical, you know, getting ready physically and getting ready mentally and seeing the picture of what a real NFL, like for C.D. Lamb. You know, he made him face two. Excuse me? Well, I just wondered, Nate, how much this is hurting the Cowboys because the new coaching staff. You went through some coaching staff changes, and I would think just getting the rhythm of what the coach likes to do during practice and, and how they set up and how they function, just not even learning the playbook, but just the – I mean, that that's even a bigger factor. But how do they – how is this going to affect them just not knowing how McCarthy handles things? Yep. Brother, that is the key. Knowing what to expect from your coach. Is he a consistent guy? We heard Coach McCarthy say when he in one of his press conferences, his open press conference, when they introduced him as head coach, they asked, what do you want to be? He said, I want to be a consistent guy. I want guys to know who I am and what I'm trying to accomplish. And he want that from his coaches. He want that from his players. So whatever he may be, he said he's going to be consistent. If he's going to be a consistent good guy, consistent bad guy, a consistent A or whatever, that he want those guys there. And the team starts to take that mentality, especially if you can connect with the Dax and the Zeeks and all your star players. If they can connect with that and feel that, then it'll trickle down. And so uh, it's, it's a lot of things that's been, like I said, the coaches that have their core player, that, that's used Kansas City, they're going to be ready. They know who their coach yeah. are. The majority of their players, oh, it's 90% of their players are back. So, yeah, they may need physical work, but mental work, they know what's expected from Andy Reid. They know know his mentality, and that's what that's what they're missing here, the Cowboys. They don't know the mentality of Mike McCarthy. Is he no nonsense? Is he uh, a guy that's easy going and, and, and leave it to the players to get a lot of it done in the locker room and setting the culture? Or is he going to set the coaches, him and Coach Mike Nolan and, and uh and Keller Moore feeding into him because even the coaches got again like you know Keller Moore and 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 uh, Leon Lett they're the two new guys you know that's coming into the staff what are going to be the changes there so they can the coach coach the coordinators the coordinators coach the position coaches and position coaches get it out to the players well how and hard so, is we, it how hard is it for a player is it tougher adjusting to the head coach or tougher adjusting to a new position coach Resistant coach. That's who you with all the time. You go listen to the coach. You look at the coach. He tell you his rules. He tell you his philosophies. He tell you what what he expects. Now it's up to your position coach to nail that in. He he has to nail that attitude of the head coach in, and then the coordinators in. So you are gonna get to know and adjust to you. Like Jimmy, you know I would see Jimmy in the hall, and Jimmy just wait. You know that little ugly nod of his, and then he'll go on about his business. Tony Tony Wise was the one that saying, "This is what we do here. This is how we gonna do it." And Jimmy was like, "You like you, Kurt. Your wife dictate all day, but said you want me to tell Daddy because he expected Daddy to come home and bring the strap." You see what I'm saying? So that's how it is. It's, it's no different. You know what I'm saying? If Kurt don't come home and bring the strap, strap, then the kids gonna be like, "Oh, Mom, we ain't worried about Dad." You know what I'm saying? Hey Nate, what do you think? Which there's a lot of a lot of different groups that rely on communication really heavily. Offensive line comes to mind. 
quarterback with his receivers comes to mind. Linebackers, communication, secondary, communicating assignments and, and things like that. What, what group or groups do you think are impacted the most by not getting physical reps? Oh, man, offensive line. The offensive line, because offensive line, especially especially teams that are offensive-minded, like the Dallas Cowboys, who protects it all, man? That's the offensive line. If they if they miss assignments, it's no more Dak, it's no more Zeke, and they won't even get to Tony Pollard, and, and C.D. Lamb will be non-effective. It's the offensive line. They have to be on – because if, especially our center – Losing Travis uh, Frederick, now we got to get a guy just as smart and just as tough. So when Dak come up to the line, he calls the play, breaks the huddle. He come up to the line, and if your if, if your centers always say, "Hey, hey, such 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 one to two here, fifty five to sixty six, or fifty five to twenty four," they they all know what they're talking about. But if he kind of confused, like ah uh, ah. Uh, who who I'm going to? Then the quarterback got to start doing that. Then he can't he can't get into his coverages. Especially if it's a pass play, and if he need to change something, he don't know where the strength at. He don't know what the numbers are. So that offensive line. What about the defensive side with coverages and knowing who's supposed to be where and all that? Uh, the, the thing about that, if you got a halfway decent safety, he can line up the back end. And if you got a if you got a halfway decent linebacker, which we do in Sean Lee, and which uh. Lateness call defenses as well as Jalen. These guys can get them hogs up front, you know, uh, just use a cattle prod, poke them, and let them move to the right <laughs> hole, bro. Come on now. We're always alive, baby. We're the smartest. Who y'all on here with? Y'all, go, y'all, Jesse came late. I'm off as a lineman. Come on now. Come on now. How much do you think this is going to affect Joe Looney? Um, you know, moving back into the starting role at, at center with a new offensive line coach, Tom's is it what, what uh, Coach Philbin is the offensive line coach. You got to learn that system, how they do things, uh, what they call the strengths, and, and how they you know because some people call Mike Backer, some people call Sam, some people call everybody you know Tom Willie. So it's a few things that may change offensively. So uh, Looney Looney should be. Uh, you know, when everybody else get off the line with Zoom meetings and everything, Looney should probably hit back in. Hey, Coach, I need to holler at you so we can get this thing right. Him, uh, Connor McGovern, they say Connor Williams want to throw his hat in there at center. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, so we, we let, let's see how this thing works, man. But I go back to what Kurt said. I think the teams that had their coaches three or more years, two or more years, and their systems and schemes are in place, you know, you just adding a few new things and a few new wrinkles to what you're doing has the advantage if their players come in in shape. Those guys that one year or less, they better have some smart players or some players that play very, very hard and athletic. Do you think in, in hindsight now, I mean, you can't change anything, but do you think in hindsight they wish they had kept some of the more of the of the previous staff? No, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, no, sir. No, sir. Nah. It, you know what, man? Drano, Drano. When you pour Drano down, down the uh, drain, it cleans out everything. It don't need no residue, baby. Get it all out. Get it all out. All right. <laughs> I talked to uh, I talked to Joe Looney on Friday. Uh, interview will be up on uh, DallasCowboys.com, I think today. And uh, I asked him what what the one thing or, or thing that things that Travis told him. 
uh, as a mentor that he could pass along to the young guys and the guys that are that are going to be behind him on his team. And he said the biggest thing Travis told him was was confidence. Have confidence. He was like, hmm. Joe, you you know you know this. You can do this. Just go out there and be confident and just go do it. And he said that was the biggest thing that you know that Travis told him. Talk about that a little bit, Nate. Like when you lose your confidence or when you gain your confidence, how big of a deal is that in the, the mentality of the offensive line? Brother, we see it mostly in baseball with a pitcher or a batter. You can have a guy hitting 320 for 20 games, 25 games. Man, on base percentage over 1,000. And all of a sudden, this one game, he go 0 for 4. And all of a sudden, the next two or three games, this kid is hitting, now this young man is hitting 200, 199. And everybody like, what is wrong with this guy? It's just a lack of confidence. Not believing and not seeing that ball, man. And when you're confident, you know, if it's a 3-4 defense, but the nose get in the A-gap, you know, slightly outside of your right shoulder, it's still a 3-4 defense. Don't panic. It's just a slight shade. 3-4, call it. Call your strength. Call your strength. You know, 35 to 26. Call your strength. It's just a slight shade. You tell your, you tell your right guard, hey, hey, together, together, baby, or whatever little terminology. You don't look you, – you, you as a center – has to envision, like coaches envision. Now, you don't go overboard. You envision the possible things that can happen in a certain play, one or two key things in a certain play. That keeps you confident. If somebody shifts a little bit, you don't panic. It's called repetition and getting experience from those repetitions and looking at the small picture as well as the large picture. The closer you are to the ball, the more intelligent I think you have to be. You know, because you have more to deal with. What was it like for you then as, as, you know, primarily, I guess, the left guard? In 95, Stepnowski left. And you guys made it. You won a Super Bowl that year. But what was it like for you not having him next year and having a new guy in there? Well, well, with Stepnowski, I, I knew I had to study. Uh, I, my, my, uh, that was my heart and soul, bro. When he left, I'm telling you. Me and Steph had that thing down, man. I ain't never knew who to block. Hey, hey me and Steph had a little, <laughs> <laughs> little conversation. We, we try our conversation. People be looking at us. Steph be telling me who to block. And, 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 and the coach wise knew it. Like, they would give us tests. I never passed the test. You know, it wasn't because I wasn't smart enough. <laughs> I'm serious. It wasn't because I wasn't smart enough to know, but I had Steph Noski. Steph Noski had to be one of the most smartest guys in the world when it came to football. And when Steph was leaving, that year there, every test I took, a, 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 a coach used to look at me like, come on, man. I said, yeah, coach. I said, I ain't got my boy here. When you have a smart center, it alleviates a lot of pressure. Now, I don't know in today's football, but I figure the, the more defenses they got, the more fronts, the more exotic looks they have, that, that center has to be a smart guy. Also, the other guys, too, you know. Because uh, we played a lot of base fronts back in the day, you know, 3-4, 4-3. And you saw exotic t- teams like uh, anybody that played a 3-4 was more exotic because you didn't see that a lot in the league. So, uh, but Step was smart. And like I said, when he left, then I, I, I knew I had to study. I had to get on my film work a little bit better. But uh, 
It, it was easy. To answer your question, man, it, it, it was, it was right. easy because we were so basic and so good, it didn't matter what you lined up, lined up in. You, you just hope you didn't get caught up in that road grade. <laughs> what have nice. you heard, Nate? Um, what have you heard about um, heard bits and pieces of Cheeto possibly moving to safety? What have you heard kind of through your connections and your contacts about that? Is that happening? Is that kind of up for debate? What have you been hearing? Okay, I want to ask this question, Shannon and 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 and, and Chris. I mean, Kurt. This is what bothers me when you go to when you go to saying we're gonna put this kid in safe. Ha ha, Clinton Dix is he a backup? Is Woods not what you thought he was? Which one of these guys is we gonna have a a, a three man rotation and how how are we gonna play this rotation? I think if we're gonna put a Wuzier back there, he has to start. It can't be no, we're going to spot play him. He has to start and get as many reps as he can to get good at this thing. You draft him, I think, in the second round, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah. you want to get all the juice you can out of this kid. So which one of these guys take less reps? Is it Ha-Ha Clinton Dix or is it, is, is it Woods? Now, Xavier started to get better, you know, as the season uh, – progresses uh so my question to you guys i've heard that and that sounds good but who is who is the odd man out and you have to answer that question because even though coach mccarthy and, and coach mike nolan don't owe anybody something you do like to have an explanation as a coach why you're doing what you're doing so the players can buy into your system yeah that's i the morning news had a, the dallas morning news had a story a couple weeks ago where they sort of said that it looks like Awuzie is going to move to safety, and I just don't quite get it because they already seem seem short at cornerback. You know, you've, you've got a couple of rookies coming in that could help, and you've signed some veterans, but I don't think any of them are expected to light the world on fire. They may be more special teams types guys. So I'm not sure what the reasoning would be to move Awuzie. Like you said, Nate, I mean, you got Woods and, and, and Clinton Dix back there already. I mean, are, are and the kids, you drafted it, the kids you drafted in, what, the fourth round, the the, 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 the corner, a slash, uh safety. I read where he, he, he could be a yeah, great safety, too. Him. So, so yeah, what, what, what are we doing? I mean, uh, a lot of things are, is up for speculation because of, of this period we're in. Like, we would be able to see right now, as you said, Shannon, earlier, we would be able to see right now what these guys are doing. Whether we can report it out to the world or not, we would know, like, and we could give hints, like, hey, this guy here, we, hey, look out, he could be at this position. But now, we just truly don't know. I guess my question would be, if, if this is happening, I mean, I, was Cheeto that bad at, at corner? I thought he would – was he set the world on fire? I don't think so, but I don't think he was a terrible corner. So does that mean that you're, you're depending on Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown – and those guys and Trayvon Diggs, yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. Are you, are you, is or is it? You know, do you? I guess you feel like you got more depth at corner than you do safety, and that's why you would make this move. Because, I mean, I don't think Cheeto was bad at corner. I, you know, right. the best was he Byron Jones? Absolutely not. But I don't think he was so bad that you would move him just because he was bad. I think there's got to be another story behind that. Like they don't feel good about. 
the depth at safety, or they feel so good about these other young guys that they're like, okay, we're good here. Let's move him to safety where we need some help. I don't, I don't know the story behind that. I, I think it's just, it's just evaluation, Shannon. If, if this what has been leaked out is true, it's just it's evaluation. Like Jones was going back safety to the corner, safety to the corner. Uh, coach came in last year and said, this dude a corner, and we need him as a corner. So here we sit. Now he makes multi-million dollars as a corner in Miami now. The, they, they reassessed his talent and saw what he truly was. Now he's in Miami making a plenty of money. Maybe this is one of those cases where they're like, man, Awuzier is a safety. Uh, now the question is, can he help line up that front end with that back end? You know, can he uh, yeah. break down uh, plays and, and get everybody lined up? If he can, maybe he's a bigger, better safety than, than Woods. Or maybe he's uh, a little bit better than Clinton Ha-Ha Dix. We won't know until, I mean, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix. Do guys like this, like, the, and I, I have no idea, but do, would he, him as a cornerback, would he feel like this is a demotion to move to safety? The way things have gone for this kid, uh, mentally and physically, the last few years, I would think that if a if, if a coaching staff uh, sees him as a safety and say, "Hey, we're gonna start you here, at safety. We feel like you can help this team," I would look at it as a plus. Now, I can't tell you what this kid is feeling, but I would look at it as a plus. Okay, these people are gonna give me every opportunity to to excel in this, and then if he get in that curtain and have some success, then that may be his position. You know, now yeah. a lot of people always look at, man, ain't no money at safety. Well, ain't no job if you ain't playing safety. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, fellas, let's take our first break. When we come back, is Jalen possibly changing positions? And can we find Jesse Holly? Where is Jesse Holly? <laughs> let's see if we can find him when we take this break. We'll be right back on Hanging with the Boys. The Cowboys Way, where Thanksgiving means spending the day with 100,000 of your closest family and friends to watch the game live. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships show us what success looks like. Where we're all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans have the power to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America. Copyright 2019, Bank of America Corporation. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? 
Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back to hanging with the boys. We are back to SWBC Mortgage Living Room in Frisco, Texas. Kurt. Yes, sir. Kate. Go to winstock.com now to get that undeniable deliciousness delivered right to your door. Your choice of 11 mouth-watering flavors like zesty lemon pepper, mango habanero, or spicy Korean Q, all available in boneless or classic Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. That must be where hey, he is. He must be Nate, did, Wingstop run. Nate, did you get your delivery of wings yet? Well, that's what I'm saying. I ain't know I had to go to wing. Stop.com to get the wings when Shannon's supposed to call somebody and have them delivered. How about <laughs> ShannonGross.com? Please deliver my wings. <laughs> so, you know, I found, this out, I found this out last week. We have a new Wingstop rep. So, remember Rolla Bradley? That was our, our guy that would get us hooked up with Megan and get us free wings all right. the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He is no longer our internal rep. We have a new rep. So that may be what calls him the hold up. I don't know. I just know it's not my fault. So <laughs> it's a loser team, real place blame, brother. Hey, because, hey, y'all know me. I like some free food just as much yeah. as the next man. And I, hey, I want some free wings. Shannon, you're our position coach, you realize. You know, we're, we're relying on you to deliver the message, you know, and get it right. Well, yeah, we, don't, yeah. we don't care about head coaches and Rollas and, and uh, you know, reps. We're, we're relying on our position coach here. Well, see, these sponsorship folks put, put me in a bad spot with you guys because they tell me, hey, we're going to do this. I relay it to my teammates, and then when they don't pull through, I look like the bad guy. So I You are like the bad guy. Okay. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Right, wait a minute. Is do I hear? Is is Jesse Holly? Is is he? Has he joined us? Oh. I hear Jesse Holly's phone is sideways. Yeah. There. He, there he goes. Now he's right. Jesse, are you there? He's our coach, our position, so our position talk, coach. Then I guess we'll talk to Jesse. Hopkins. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be our position coach, we're definitely going eight and eight. <laughs> hey, you know what? You just got five the five dollars that we owe you for the show for showing up. <laughs> you, don't criti- you don't criticize your position coach and and show up late, so you just got knocked five bucks. Where you been? What have you been doing? What's more important than this show, Jesse? Um, the job that actually pays me a little bit more than the five bucks I'm going to make on this show. Um, but no, we, man, we had, we had a meeting that was supposed to start at 930. Oh. And it was supposed to be, we were presenting our, our areas this morning. And so it kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And we were all supposed to have a three-minute prep presentation ready to go. But people said, you know, 
after three minutes and they just went on and just was talking and talking and talking and I was like towards the end of the presentation when I got a chance to jump on and do my three minutes. So uh, once we finally got on, it took a little bit of time, but we got it done and I'm here. Hey, you, yeah, you okay, okay, yeah. You were forgiven. When it comes to education, that yes. trumps the knowledge <laughs> of this show. So you Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, all, all that sounds good, man. What, what you and McCarthy talk about? Yeah. Oh. First off, hang on. Let's set this up. So set we, this up. We get this random text from Jesse last week, and it's a screenshot of Coach McCarthy. <laughs> like, and it looks like he's having this one-on-one WebEx with Jesse. So first off, how did that get set up, and what the, what the hell was that? So um, I, I had the uh, extreme, absolute honor and privilege, which I've had for about the last five or six years to speak to the incoming rookies. Uh, and so that was set up by, uh, by, by Cape and by Brian Wansley and you know, Mr. Hill. And so they had me and some, uh, another, another player on. But the, the, here's, here's the awesome part about it. And this is what I love about Mike McCarthy. So you know, they tell us to get in a little bit early to make sure that we're all you know, up and ready to go. And before guys start even coming in, Mike McCarthy's there. So there was a moment in time for about like seven minutes where it was just me, him, uh, Tashard Choice, Brian Wansley, uh, Cade Johnson. We just had a chance to just chop it up. So it was just real, just, it, it wasn't anything that was scheduled, but it was just something that having an opportunity to talk to him without him thinking this is some sort of media deal or anything like that. So it was just raw, real conversation. And I have to admit, I have to admit, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I was just like this, you know, I had to pull myself back from like a fanboy moment for a second. Like when he popped on, I was kind of like, I almost called him Freaky Mike. I was this close to calling him <laughs> Freaky Mike and I caught myself and I called him coach. And I was like kind of telling him how excited I was for him to be there. And, and then we got a chance to just talk a little bit about ball, about leadership, about his expectations, uh, some of his um, some of his leadership styles, what are the things that he's expecting from his team and how we're all handling this pandemic. Uh, but he was sitting at his desk. You could see the board in the back. He was working. He was putting in the time, energy, and effort to make sure that, that they were ready to go when, when things got back to normal, things get back to normal. Is there anything? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nate. Okay, so tell us more what you just told. Can we get some specifics here, Jesse? We've been waiting for an hour. <laughs> To get these specific, <laughs> you gave us the general thing. Come, I, I need you, brother. Come on. We've been so, building so. these fans up for the last thirty minutes. Jesse. Yeah, come on, Jesse. Come Tell us something. He, he, no, he got so. a one-on-one with Coach McCarthy, and you come in and you go, "Yeah, I talked to him. It was cool." So, here, so here's some of the things that we've talked about. Like one of the things that, because well, I, I asked him. Now, I'm, I'm not throwing shade at the people, the previous people beforehand, but even when I came inside the building, it's a little cloudy. Even when I was coming inside <laughs> the building and doing these conversations when we, you know, we were back to the old style of things, the previous head coach never came in, ne- never any of that. And Mike, and I, I kind of asked him, I said, why are you here it was so early? I've never, you know, he goes, I want to make sure that your time is respected. And he said, I want to make sure who's checking in one minute Who's checking it? I, I want to know because that's going to show me a lot about the guys on this football team. And he goes, the one thing that I, that I will demand from these guys in this football team is you will respect time. You will respect people who give their time. And there will be accountability that has to be had 
for every single, like they were to treat this as if I was standing in front of the room or I was standing in front of this call. So he was there to make sure that guys weren't checking in a minute before the meeting was starting. He was there to make sure that guys were where they were supposed to be, that their cameras were on, that they were engaged. So he was, he was there to hold people accountable. And he was saying, that will be a focus of what we're doing in this, in this season and on this team. Guys will be held accountable for their actions. Guys will be held accountable for their assignments. Guys will be held accountable for their character. Guys will be held accountable for the things they do on and off the field. So that was one of the first things that he said in that conversation. And he goes, and I'm very big on respect because you know you guys don't have to take time out of your schedule to talk to our rookies and they should they should be here and respect you as such. I like it. Impressive. I like it. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Is, that, is that the only thing that got you excited or were there other things that were said that you can't talk no. about that got you excited? There are some things that I won't talk about, but you know, of course, you know, kind of going into what, what it was as far as just you know X's and O's of what he was looking for in this team. And he said this team will be explosive. He said we have the talent on this team to be a very explosive team. He didn't go into details of how they were going to be explosive, but he was just saying that he expects this team to be a very explosive team. Uh, they're going to do some things different than what they've done in the past. They're going to utilize all their assets. They have a talented bunch of guys. And he says he's going to he said he said he's going to milk every single bit of talent out of the guys that he has on this roster. That is the goal, that is the plan, to get every, sing, every single thing out of the guys that he's had on this roster. Did you, did you get his phone number? No, I didn't get his phone number. <laughs> Are you going to invite him, fight him for chicken wings or something there, uh, Nate? You know, I'm going to tell you something. I want to applaud Jesse. I, I, I'm serious. Because for the first time, here we go. Jesse said, I'm not going to tell you everything. But Jesse used to tell us everything. Well, well, here's, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that I know, how, I know how the media works, and I know how it works when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Right, so right. I, I haven't built a relationship good enough just yet <laughs> that if something gets back to him that he and I talked about, that he, you know, because, again, this, right. wasn't, this wasn't me coming at him as – a pre and post game show host, right? Or, uh, yeah. You know, hanging with the boys host. This was right. player to coach, right? It was that right. behind the scenes. You know, I can let my guard down. You and I can have a conversation, and I not have to worry about this going being the front page news or something. So, right. it was more so, and it was one thing that we talked about that I won't, I, I won't divulge right now or right. ever because it, it wasn't that type of conversation. It was one of those where he 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 came in it as. Right, right. Coach. You know, you know the brotherhood, Nate. You know the brotherhood. Yeah, I know because what you was, you was, you was, you was horny, Jesse, and he I was, was freaking horny. <laughs> I was full, when he when I saw his name pop on and I saw right. him come up and I was like, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and Brian Wozniak said he goes, Coach might pop on. He's like, but I'm not sure. They were in meetings, so he might not pop. Right. On. But you know, but he popped on. Like I said, he popped on ten minutes before. We were even supposed to go live, and so when it, when it, when he popped on, I was like, "Oh!" And again, it, it was just you know how it is, Nate. When you when you wow. when you're yes, in that environment, they, they they talk to they talk to us like you know, this is a conversation that we can have because you understand the dynamics of thank you what that's supposed to be. So so I haven't built that relationship where I can go 
and say something and he'd be like, you know what? Screw you. You'll never you'll never talk here again. You'll never say anything right. here again. Yeah. So yeah, once I get it, once once me once me and Freaky Mike get like this, <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll be able to kind of share more stuff. So, so thank you. Uh, Jesse ain't setting the bridge on fire until it's built, and then he'll burn. Good one, Sam. Good one, man. Wow, wow. Hey, what was your uh, interaction with the rookies like? Did you uh, get a chance to, I guess, talk to them much, or was it more one-sided? You just giving a speech. Yeah, it, it was more so one-sided. It was more so of me talking to them, kind of giving them a perspective. Um, and, and the way that they, they do it, I love how, how Brian Wiley sets it up. He kind of brings in guys to kind of give a little bit of, you know, what coaches look for and what coaches look like from a coaching aspect, you know. And then I came in as what it looks like on the media side of things, you know, and I kind of explained to them, like, I don't care what university you went to. It doesn't matter what university you went to. You're, you're never going to, you've never gotten the coverage you're getting ready to get with the Dallas Cowboys. It is unprecedented, the coverage that you're going to get. Um, everywhere you go, you are being watched. You are being recorded. Um, we will find out. So don't think you can hide stuff. But I told them, I go, and I asked a question. I said, you know, show of hands, how many people are snitches? And all of them, to a man, looked at me like I had, like I had 10 heads. And I said, cool, I'm glad no one raised their hand. But I told them, I said, every time you pick up this cell phone and you put it up to your face and you do this and you go live and you... Instagram and IG Live and Twitter Live and Facebook Live and you do all that kind of stuff, you're, 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 you're dry snitching. When you're in the club and you're doing this and you're showing everybody behind you drinking, whether that person behind you is Dak or Zeke or someone else, you just now told us that the starting quarterback is in the club drinking on a Friday night, right? Or you just told us that this is happening or you're in your home and you're showing all stuff that you have in your home. You just let me know all the valuables that you had in your home. So you just basically drive this on the people that's in your home or the people that's, you know, whatever it is. And I go, I go look, I said, look at the draft. Look what happened, you know, the night of the draft. Look what happened, you know, with, with the whole social distancing thing with, D, with Zeke and Dak and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just breaking it down to him about what it is to be a player in the media uh, with being a Dallas Cowboy. Wow, I tell you, that's right here, man. Mm, mm, mm. Ooh, being in them houses, boy. <laughs> Jesse, because <laughs> because here, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're a player, right? When you're a player, I know where you're going to be at every Sunday for three hours, for seven mm -hmm. hours. Right. Every Sunday, like no no doubt about it. And if it's a home game, nine point nine nine percent of the time. Whoever is in your entourage or in your family is going to be at the game with you. So if, if, if all the time you're showing money and jewelry and expensive things in your home, well, for eight Sundays, for eight Sundays, I know where you're, I know you're going to be in Arlington for five to seven hours. And then the other eight Sundays, I know that you're going to be out of town for at least two, two and a half days. And maybe people are at your house, maybe not. But there are 16 weeks throughout the season where I know exactly where you're going to be for at least seven hours. So kind of keep your personal stuff to a minimum. Not, don't show people where you live. Don't invite everybody in your house. And the famous quote that Brian Wise loved that I use all the time, you know, now that you're here, you have a little bit of money, you'll be uptown in Lower Greenville, stuff like that. My coach told me this in college and I tell it to him all the time. You ain't that cute and that ain't her first time. That is, that is an absolute fact. You ain't that cute. That is not her first 
time. And it's just, that's just the nature of the, and I, and I tell them, I go, you have to understand, people have been in this city that played basketball, baseball, football, and the likes. Far, you just got to this city. I've been here 10 years. Guys have been here longer than me with a lot of money. So you ain't that cute, and that ain't her first time. So don't think you're going out to these clubs and just because you're the new rookie in town that this chick all of a sudden loves you. Nah, you got to kind of watch out with that kind of stuff, being a, being a ball player. You know what I'm saying, Nate? Man, I tell you what, man, cause I ain't never been cute, but I sure been long on green. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, Jesse, before before we take our next break, you talked to Coach McCarthy. We know you, you had your fangirl pants on. Where would you where <laughs> would you rate him right now on the list of, of, of great coaches in this league? Obviously you would put Belichick up there, you would probably put Sean Payton up there, Pete Carroll's probably in that mix. Would you put him top five, top ten? Where would you rate McCarthy? Before before he steps foot on the Cowboys field where do you put him right now he's definitely in the top 10 conversation i mean being being out of the game for a little while and i'm not trying to be biased but he's definitely in the top 10 conversation when you look at you know i think the top five you know are guys like belichick sean payton andy reed mike tomlin you know uh, guys like that those that kind of top five conversation is kind of solidified with those guys but he can fit anywhere from six to ten even even being off and out of the game for a little while. Because Andy Reid just went into the top five, too. So. Yeah. Because Andy Reid. So when, when you look at Coach McCarthy, Jesse, you, you tell me if I'm, I'm close or not, but when you say offensive minds, now, you, now, you, now you're now talking about a top, I think a top five guy with his, his innovation early in his career with Green Bay. It kind of weaned off at the end, but offensive minded, yeah, he, he, he is a top five, top six coach. But then when you go overall, those other coaches that coach that uh, Jesse mentioned really are, are a little bit ahead of him at this time. And and not to, you know, and, and, and feel how you feel, but there's no there's no there's no uh, Aaron Rodgers and there's no Mike McCarthy. Like he helped develop one of the baddest and most dangerous and of course being a cowboy fan, one one player that we've seen far too often showcase his skills one of the baddest quarterbacks we've ever seen play. Like, you got to give Mike McCarthy some credit in that he helped develop what we call the baddest man, you know, under yeah. center at times. Ice, <laughs> ice cold, man. Ice cold yeah. Aaron Rodgers, man. We've seen it up close too many times. All right, fellas, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll give Jesse his $5. We'll talk about Jamie Smith <laughs> possibly moving. And I want to know who you think on this offense or maybe defense is going to benefit the most by C.D. Lamb being in the picture. All this and more when we come back on Hanging with the Boys. Planning your next family vacation? Make it Dreams Plymouth Harris Golf Resort and Spa. Enjoy the perks of unlimited luxury at this all-sweet beachfront haven where gourmet meals, premium drinks, and activities are all included. Only 10 minutes from downtown Cancun, Dreams is situated on a private white sand beach. Soak in the views from the infinity pool, pamper yourself at our spa, or enjoy family time at the Lazy River and Water Park. Book your stay today at Dreams Plymouth Harris by visiting dreamsresorts.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way. Where Thanksgiving means spending the day with 100,000 of your closest family and friends to watch the game live. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships show us what success looks like. Where we're all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans have the power to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America. Copyright 2019, Bank of America Corporation. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back to Hanging with the Boys. Back here at the SWBC Mortgage Living Room live in Frisco, Texas. And here at the Cowboys, we cannot wait to get back on the field. And we know you can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to cheer us on. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your Cowboys tickets, plus tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events. We'll be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed, SeatGeek, let's go. All right, and let's go. We were talking about something in the break, and I wanted to, I saw Jesse, I saw your tweet. Everybody's talking about the Last Dance documentary on Michael Jordan. Everybody's, you know, fired up about that. There's been, you know, all kind of sidebar conversations around different parts of that. And, and Jesse, you said you sold off your your collection of sneakers, and you had, I think, on your in your tweet, you said you had about 250 pair. Over. No. What made you? Why'd you sell your collection? Um. You know, it, it was one, it was something that, it was like a, you know, when you're a kid and you don't have much, the moment you get money, you start wanting to get all the things that you couldn't get as a kid. And then one day I was, I went into the, I had a guest bedroom and that entire guest bedroom was in, it was a sneaker closet. And I remember going in one day and I was looking at what sneakers I was going to put on for that day. And there was, there was about a 12 box high row of these sneakers called Nike phone posits. And retail, at retail, they're $250 a piece, retail. And so imagine what the resale market looks like and imagine the ones who are, you know, a specific type of special brand, they can fetch anywhere from four to $600 to $700. So I had a, I had a box about 12 high at $250 a piece or more um, and I only had worn one, two out of the 12. And I've had those for about like, at that time, five or six years. So here it was, I had thousands of dollars of sneakers in these boxes, in a room that I never wore. And it just made no sense that I just was spending money 
to hoard sneakers. And I wasn't wearing them. I, I was wearing some of them. I wasn't wearing all of them. And it was like certain ones you just can't wear on the street. I got to have an event or something special. Like you got to see these when I put these on. And I, I just looked around and I said, what am I doing? What am I doing? I've wasted far too much money because it's the sneaker game is a black hole. And I said, I can't do this anymore. Um, let because let me just get rid of them. And so I found a I found a buyer in California and uh, I found a buyer. I, I kind of sold some pieces separately. But then I found a buyer in California to to buy them. And so I loaded them up in a U-Haul and drove all the way to California um, and sold them and bought a house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey. you, said, you said there was one thing bought a house with you said there was one pair that you wish you wouldn't have sold. What pair was that? Yeah, that was the pair they talked about last night, the infamous flu game, um, which was actually the food poison game. We found out for sure last night uh, in that one with Michael Jordan, and it was the flu game Jordan 12s. They were, uh, the colorway was all black and, you know, in the gym red, uh, Chicago red. And so those were the ones that I was like kind of – like there's some that I kept. Like there's about, there's about 20 pairs that I actually kept. I was like, I cannot get rid of these. Um, they just had, they had more sentimental value to me. I, I had them when I was, you know, in college and won a national championship with a lot of those. Um, but those were the ones I was like, ugh, and I gave them and I sold them away. And I mean, they, they fetched a pretty, pretty penny, but I wish I didn't. I wish I still had them. The food game 12s, the food poison 12s, whatever you want to call them now. Nate, is there anything that you spend money on that you're like, this doesn't make sense why I keep spending money on this, but I, I keep spending my money yeah, but uh, <clears throat> that stopped. There used to be cars and trucks, but that stopped because the money ran out. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the one what's the one car or truck that you got rid of that you wish you kept on held on to? Oh, man, Ford made this truck they call it Excursion. It's a it's a big SUV, and they made a diesel. And if I had to do over, I bought three or four of them things. I, I would have every one of them. I would be like Jesse. I'd be stacked 12 deep. <laughs> Man, that excursion ain't a better vehicle in the world. Now, my favorite vehicles are Jeeps and Corvettes. But I'm talking about an all-around, do-everything, family car, towing, hauling. That, that, that Ford excursion, boy, it was a beast, especially that diesel. What about that motorcycle? You hated giving that up? Uh, nah, man, that's a life-threatening thing if you don't do it right. So I gave that up, man. I, 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 I like to see other people on them more than I do myself now. What about you, Kurt? Anything you just throw money at that you're like, this makes no sense? Besides your family? I'm going to say, do my kids count? Because that's where all my money goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. I don't know. How about you? What about you, Sean? Uh, you know. You know, I used to be really big into trading cards when I was, I guess, in my college years. I used to, I would spend, out, you know. Hey, listen, live. those are coming back now. Um, if you still uh -huh. have some, if you still have some, go, go, you know, go to, go to, go to Mama Gross' house and, and go through the attic of the garage. And if you still have some, you might have some valuable stuff that you don't even yeah. know that you have. Yeah, because they're all going digital now. But I used to, like, literally, I, I was, I never really, I was always broke i wouldn't say we were ever poor because i never my grandfather and my mom and everybody always made sure that i had i, I enjoyed life but 
I would, we were always broke. Like we would put stuff on layaway and we would pay for it the whole year and we would, you know, so I, I would literally remember days where I had like $3 in my checking account where I would have to decide if I was gonna, if I was gonna eat a Big Mac or, you know, whatever fast food it was for that day and just string it out all the way till Friday. But I would go spend my money on baseball and football cards. It was so stupid. I mean, it, now back, <laughs> I was like, man, why did why didn't I just put some of that money away? I'd have been a lot better off. But that was that was my vice back in the day. So, all right, let's get back on track to some football. There are, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about possibly Cheeto moving to to safety. There's some rumors that Jalen may be moving positions. Kurt, you sent me a note on that. Where did you hear that? What what are the rumors around that? Well, that's been discussed, I think, in a couple different places. And he was interviewed uh, on one of our local Cowboys blogs about, um, yeah, making the move, basically switching him and Vander Esch, where Jalen would be more the weak side guy, a little bit more free to to rush the passer or, or freelance maybe. And uh, talking about moving Vanderesh back inside to middle linebacker, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that a good move? It seemed like Jalen kind of freelanced maybe a little too much last year anyway. <laughs> and can Vanderesh hold up playing that middle spot? You know, Jesse, you can you can go first because wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you talk about both of those linebackers, they're switching positions for them. I don't know how much of an impact it will have. And I say that because their issue wasn't playing out of position. They had more fundamental issues. They, they had more things that fundamentally they had to improve on. Jalen Smith, whether he's playing Will, Sam, or Mike, he has to just be better at not trying to make everything a big hit. Break down and tackle the man. Shed blocks. Understand and diagnose plays better. Leighton Vander the same thing. Be able to shed blocks. Be able to, 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 to cover. Be able to, and for him, you know, stay healthy. Those things, changing position still doesn't change the fundamental things of where they struggled at last year. Um, they will be helped a lot more this year because, uh, in the words of, of Big Nate, is they got the big greasies in front of them, which mm-hmm. allows them to keep the fat boys off of them or, or, or not get to them as fast or as solid. Uh, and now they're able to get downhill and get sideline to sideline. Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderest, they didn't have position issues. They, they weren't playing out of position. They had fundamental technique issues that they struggled with. So whether you move them to Mike, Sam, Will, or the hot dog stand man, if they, if, if they aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing fundamentally, technically, being technically, technically sound in their fundamental training and, and, and all of them that they're supposed to be as linebackers, it, would, it doesn't matter where you put them. They have to be able to diagnose the, and, and, and hopefully you know, another year of experience, an off-season where all you have to do and all you should be doing is studying what was previously done and what was now and that will be done in the future to better yourself mentally. Linebacker, that's a mental game. When you watch a guy like Ray Lewis play the game, he would always talk about the mental battles that he would play. 
you have to be able, and you see, you see it with Sean Lee. Sean Lee has had a successful career when he's healthy, not because he's the most physically gifted person in the world. He's probably the least gifted person on the defense when it comes to just sheer athleticism. But what he's able to be is he's technically sound. He understands how to jack a guy up and get off of him, how to take a man halfway on, how to not get his shoulders in, you know, in wrong places, how his eyes don't lie to him, and how he's able to see when a play is being diagnosed and how, when it's being run to attack it and be on the forefront of it and not being on the reaction side of it. So for a linebacker like quarterback, Yes, it takes some skill to do it, but it's all about how you process it mentally and can you be technically sound in your fundamentals. For Jalen, do he believe that the team is first? A-gap mean A-gap. Clear eye view, baby. Yeah. Clear eye uh, view. I can wow. see I can see Nate clear eye view, baby. Yeah. C-E-V. <laughs> Swipe it up, baby. I'm with you all the way, Jesse. Can you value the team first and do your job? When it's third and five, can you tackle that dude for a four-yard game? We had several games where it was 10, 9, 10, 11 missed tackles, and the majority of them are by linebackers. Can Leighton fill a hole when, when it's third and one and it's, Bar- and it's Barkley coming down the middle? Can you sit there and stop him for no gain or loss? It's about can you excel within the concept of the defense and make your plays from there? As we contest, Michael Jordan, he, you know, you may have thought he was freelancing, but he stayed within the triangle concept. So that when he did get himself out of position, he could kick it to one of his boys, B.J. Armstrong, Steve Kerr, or one of those guys. Can you play? with your athletic ability, with the team first, so that if you do miss the block, miss the tackle in the A-gap, you, you have stopped the guard and you have forced them over to the other guy so the other guy can make the play. Are you just going to shoot through there with your head down, miss the tackle, he fake you out, and he going for a 30-yard game, and now your defense on the field for an extra four plays? It's about, dude, will you sacrifice everything you're about for your team? Because I'm with Jesse. You can leave them at the same position. Unless the scheme change, you can leave them at the same position, and they should excel. Is there any any worry about a guy like Vander Esch, who's obviously had a neck problem, may have a chronic neck pop problem, moving him to middle linebacker? Does it make a difference? And this, if they run the 4-3 scheme, it, it, it shouldn't hurt him as bad, but he got to meet them hogs, man. Yeah. He, got to see, he got to see them hogs, baby, <laughs> them guards, and so he got to see them things. That doesn't sound yeah. like a good thing for a man with a neck injury. <laughs> no, nah, not 320 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Real quick before we get out of here, just because I brought it up and I mentioned it, Kurt, you go first. Who do you think is going to benefit the most on this team, offense or defense, uh, with the addition of C.D. Lamb? You had some interesting stats you sent me. So. Yeah, and, and maybe that's something we can talk about next show because obviously you would think Dak would, would, would be the – big benefactor, but there's been a lot of talk here recently about Zeke and how opening up the offense is really going to help him. I think his yards per carry are almost two yards better uh, in in 11 personnel with, uh, or excuse me, 12 personnel with, or what is it, 
with the spread offense spread out. I love it. Than it was with, yeah, than it was with the, the two tight end setup. So um, it, maybe we can talk about that more next time. But it looks like this is an opportunity for uh, for Zeke to really up his game even more. Let's do that. Let's tease it for a week. A week-long tease. <laughs> yeah. So next Monday, tune in to see who we think is going to benefit the most on this team from C.D. Lamb's edition. So Kellen Moore. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you uh, might be right. Thank you for coming in and earning your $5 this week. We really appreciate you joining the show. And I always, always, always put education before this show. So thank you for yeah. doing your part. It's a good t-shirt, too. Thank you. Thank you. Kurt, thank you for being here on time. Thank you. And always cutting people off when they have good points to make. Thank you you for bringing it, as always. Your your wonderful insight. Be good, Shadow. And Chris Beam, thank you so much for producing this and keeping us on. And with your big old kid. Thanks, Chris. With your six-foot-tall kid. And thank you, the fans, for tuning in and putting up with this nonsense week after week. We don't know why you do it, but we sure are glad you do. We will see you next. Well, next Monday is Memorial Day. Isn't that that right? We ain't going nowhere. Where where we going? Ain't nobody going to a beach. (laughs) Ain't nobody going nowhere. We'll be right here. (laughs) We'll be right here. We'll be here. Fellas, thank you so much. We'll be here on Memorial Day. Tell your mama we say hello. Tell your mama we say hello. I will, I will. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!